Today, we're excited to welcome our special guest, Dr. Michael Winlow. Dr. Winlow is the Managing Director of Emiria, a biotech company bringing together patients, clinicians, researchers, and medical innovators to develop new care models for patients with unmet needs by using novel treatments. Dr. Winlow, I would like to start by thanking you for being with us here today. I thought it would be fun to take this opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us how did you get started in drug development? Thanks for the opportunity to, to speak today. Because reflecting on this question, I think uh, I was really fell into drug development happily uh, by trying to follow some career advice that I was shared as a young medical doctor. And that was, uh, you know, it's always good to look out for that intersection of your passions, your uh, interests and opportunities, uh, or really passions, talents and opportunities, because you might be into something, but not very good at it. Um, and, um, and so uh, early on in my career, I uh, wanted to get into medical entre entrepreneurship. I had encountered in the hospitals this incredible friction to getting things done and uh, you know, thought that uh, one could make a, maybe a bigger difference uh, by uh, through the innovation pathways, creating new tools for doctors. Uh, and so the very first opportunity that I came across to do that was in a medical device project that I, I, I got started with my very best friend in medical school. And, uh, and that took me into a path where suddenly I went into part-time medicine. I got into the world of fundraising, starting companies, and I could see the huge potential that, you know, a well-run uh, entrepreneurship uh, endeavor could, could have in the world. Uh, now, needless to say, we were a spectacular failure, one might say. We didn't actually get, you know, get off the ground, but we learned a lot. And for me, it set me on a direction that uh, I've, I've not looked away from since. And from, so from that point, I went off to do my MBA. Uh, came to the States actually, although I'm back in Australia now. And after my MBA, I went in, into um, a company called Palantir looking at uh, using data analysis and integration technologies to help big health institutions. And this is everything from drug companies to health insurers, large health services around the world. Uh, and through that experience, got a really deep appreciation for the role that data could play uh, in, in changing the way we deliver healthcare and the speed at which, which, which we can do things like drug development. Uh, and then finally, when it came back to, uh, well, came time to come back to Australia, my wife kind of dragged me back. Uh, we had two kids in, in, in the US and uh, it was time to bring them back uh, closer to their family. Um, my first role here was CEO of a clinical trial site. And for me, that didn't seem like such a big leap because it was you know, in, in, the, in the role of uh, a service industry where we were producing data for, for overseas, you know, biotech companies, predominantly out of the United States. Uh, so that gave me a connection back there. Uh, and I got a really deep appreciation for uh, the role that clinical trials can play, but also saw, you know, opportunities to, I guess, improve the way data was collected uh, and gathered. And so uh, uh, that role, I guess, layered in with my other experiences, healthcare data, technology analysis, uh, clinical trials, now kind of takes me to Amiria where we're, really I'm trying to combine all three of those experiences to improve the way that uh, drugs can be developed uh, by taking the very best of clinical trial worlds and bringing it into uh, frontline clinical care. That's great. Thanks for sharing that with us, Dr. Winlow. I was hoping you could also give us some background on Amiria. What makes it the organization that it is today and what makes their program so unique? Yeah, so at Amiria, we're trying to 
break this dichotomy that often exists between care delivery and drug discovery or, or I guess clinical innovation. So in if we think about, you know, what's the purpose of a clinical trial or a study, it's a systematic investigation of a, of a particular question. But if we think about healthcare, it's really around the care of the individual or service delivery. We think about how decisions are made in clinical trials. We follow a very strict protocol, but in medical practice, clinicians are free to exercise their profession and uh, and they make the very best decision available to them. In, in trials, we're very exclusive with who we let in on studies, whereas clinical care, you know, is very inclusive by, by design. And so you get these really interesting tensions that probably explain some of the, the challenges with trying to do research in a healthcare setting. And I think pro, you know, maybe one of the most obvious differences in, is in the way data is collected and gathered in, in clinical trials, very strictly, uh, you know, one that must collect data according to certain protocols and principles in healthcare, uh, famous for having often terrible note-taking and messy doctor's handwriting to, to contend with. And so uh, hard to, uh, you know, divine much much meaning uh, from from uh, much of, you know, healthcare data that's collected. So, so at Amiri, we're trying to bring, I guess, clinical trial disciplines, practices, infrastructure into the medical clinics. We run a national network here in Australia of seven medical centers where we hire our own doctors, the GCP trained, that's good clinical practice. So they have an understanding of clinical trial methodologies, data collection principles. We have an electronic data capture system that sits beside and really alongside our electronic medical record. And we collect a lot of validated clinical assessments uh, we're collecting outcomes data essentially for patients who refer to us uh, at our clinics. Now that's a little bit different because it's not typically done in, in usual practice uh, and it creates an opportunity for us to evaluate brand new treatments. And so all of the patients are referred to us because nothing else is working for them. And through our clinics, we give them access through uh, use of compassionate access programs or standard clinical trials. We give those patients access to new promising treatments. And our goal is to you know, find, find a better way uh, to both deliver care to these patients, give them an option where they've run out of other options uh, in some cases, and at the same time, try to learn from every patient and take those learnings, uh, hopefully to the benefit of many more patients like them by registering treatments uh, that show the greatest promise. That's great. We know there are so many challenges to overcome and successfully deliver a drug to market. What is the most significant challenge you've had to face and how did you overcome it? Yeah, probably the biggest challenge and we've still got many more ahead of us. We're, we're on as a company very early on in our own independent drug development programs. Uh, but, you know, is one of the largest challenges is, is establishing uh, a, an appreciation amongst early investors uh, of ours and uh, and partners of the value and and uh, the importance of proper clinical studies and drug registration. Uh, we work in a world with with unregistered treatments in many cases, uh, where the producers of those uh, drugs or uh, products are quite happy to have their treatments available to patients without having to go through the onerous hurdles of clinical trials. And so we 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 stand. Some sometimes we feel like uh, you know, a lone voice uh, urging those companies to uh, continue with you know, proper clinical trials and registration. So really overcoming some of that reluctance to uh, commit the time, money, and investment to have those treatments properly vetted and evaluated through the clinical trial registration process. Um, that's definitely something we're, we're personally very committed to and 
Um, you see, we initially started our clinics to try and provide data for companies who would come to us looking for our help in figuring out where their drugs work best. We thought initially our role would be to help those companies get their own treatments registered. Uh, as that has become less of the case, uh, we've decided to take those, the, those matters into our own hands, for want of a better word, and actually develop our own treatments. That's actually a much more exciting uh, path for us. Uh, it, it, it's got a much larger upside if we're successful, but of course it's a longer, more challenging road. Uh, but uh, it's it's one that we're, we think we can do well if we're with and feel we've got an advantage because we've got access to those patients and the data that we've collected. That's very insightful. And what do you think has made Amiria the successful company that it is today? Yeah, I think adherence to those principles, uh, you know, commitment to that boring word of registration and trying to convince people that that's actually an exciting accomplishment. Um, we, I think, also try to bridge that world between uh, mainstream and traditional drug development. And so we've got the, the credibility and respect of, of, uh, of, of, of groups who, um, who understand uh, what's involved in drug development, the, uh, the large CROs, the sophisticated investors who back the very best biotech companies, I think see us as a, as a differentiated company because we understand what the, what, what, what's involved in the process. We've got an incredible team that's uh, done it before. And so we've, we've, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're a good bet on, 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 you know, taking our uh, drug development programs forward. I think that's a key thing. Uh, also just being really consistent about the message. We've never wavered from can, trying to tell people that registration is the worthwhile goal. Yes, we think we can apply our talents and our, and our skills and infrastructure to do it quicker, but we still believe it's a, a necessary you know, part of the journey. You recently secured a $5 million strategic investment from Tatarand. How does Amiria succeed at raising capital and what advice do you have to give to startups or biotech companies that are looking for funding? Right. So, uh, yeah, as you know, drug development, very capital intensive, uh, five million doesn't go particularly far, but we're delighted to have the support of Tatarang on board. Yep. This is the private investment firm of one of the largest uh, private family wealth funds in Australia. Uh, and they've supported a number of good, you know, really fascinating and worthwhile initiatives in a variety of industries, actually. Um, now, uh, how do we get the you know, money from that? I think we, uh, we were able to uh, speak to the principles I spoke to before about, you know, doing the hard work, uh, that while that might be the longer road, that's the, in the long term, the more worthwhile. And uh, I guess the, the opportunity that's the greatest and can deliver the greatest returns both for patients and for, for investors as well. Um, I think in terms of getting funding support, uh, one needs to be consistent. One needs to have validation, not only be, not be the only person telling your story, have others tell your story for you as well and actually show you credibility. Um, there's so much novelty involved in a new, new venture that just novelty on its own won't be the thing that gets investors to support you. They will go, right, there's novelty everywhere. What I need to know is, do you have the team? Do you have the commitment? Do you have the consistent message? Do you have uh, the approach that's going to actually get you there over the line and turn this novelty into something something worthwhile, something, something mainstream, something non-novel <laughs> at the right. end of the day? And so, um, yeah, credibility, uh, recognition from peer support, I think is, is key. And, and obviously having a great team and showcasing that great team. That's some great advice. Switching angles a little bit. What are the top three things you look for in a CDMO, CRO partner? 
And how do you forge a successful strategic partnership with them to reach your goals and meet your critical milestones? Yeah, worked with a number of CROs, played the role of being a clinical trial site myself. So service uh, industry um, uh, is, uh, is challenging, but I think the principles that make a great partner are the same, which is, you know, being really honest about what you can do well, what you can't do well. That honesty needs to come across when things are going uh, according to plan, when things waver from plan. I think, I think just being upfront, keeping, keeping people transparent uh, is key. We're going to run into inevitable challenges. So then the next thing is about having options, being creative, being generative of ideas, thinking through things, you know, okay, we've run into this roadblock, but here are two or three things I think we can try. I think that that always really impresses me. And I think is, is, you know, goes a long way uh, as well. Um, so along with, you know, honesty and uh, having options, I think great communication is the other key thing. Uh, is this a team that's got answers at their fingertips or when we're on calls, they've got all the right people around, uh, and I can say honestly, and I'm, and I, uh, you know, I know I'm not primed to say this, but I've, you know, we've having done some work with Alpha Sciences team, they've really demonstrated these qualities, uh, in, in a really tremendous way. Uh, I'm always impressed with the fact that we've got big teams on the conference calls to make sure that all our answers, you know, questions can be answered, uh, quickly and promptly. And that's, uh, Made, made the project go really well. But, uh, we're actually working with a number of divisions of the Elder Sciences family, if you will. Uh, we approached uh, the team maybe three or four months ago with a, a challenge to try and formulate uh, a cannabinoid-based biopharmaceutical, which we believed would be really efficacious for a particular patient population. Uh, and that team iterated with us, problem solved on how that formulation could be optimized, you know, got through some formulations, were able to, to get a couple of really terrific uh, dose forms, which we're really pleased with, uh, developed really quickly. But then we wanted to take that through some of the animal studies. And so we worked with another alpha sciences team uh, to get a, a dog study done uh, really expediently, uh, went, went like without, without hitch. Uh, and I think we also had to leverage some of the bioanalytical capabilities of the Alta Sciences uh, family as well, and certainly did appreciate the uh, the close way those groups all worked with each other to kind of get our project done. And essentially, within you know three to four months, we had from initial conception uh, had some early PK results, which uh, guided you know our, our program. And we're now taking that dose form into phase one studies uh, here in Australia. And so we've been really really pleased with that. Quickly, we've been able to to move forward, uh, and the and the end result, uh, we're very excited about taking that program into trials. That's great. And I can say that Alpha Sciences is extremely excited to be partnering with you on the development of some of these novel treatments. Okay, so let's end with our three question feature. Are you in? Oh, let's do it. Tell us what you like to do outside of work. Okay, so I've got two young kids. I like to uh, play with them. I've got a boy and a girl. So uh, one I'm playing Lego, the other one I'm playing uh, dress-ups or coloring in. <laughs> so they're, uh, they're, they're nine and, uh, and uh, seven. Uh, and I've got a guitar as well. I like to play some music if I get some more alone time. Yeah. Okay, next question. What motto do you live by? Uh, uh, one I really like is, you know, the future belongs to the optimists. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you just always got to be optimistic. And I think Look, you know, inevitably things go, uh, you know, challenges come your way. And um, if you can just remain optimistic, just see your way through it, I think it becomes almost a superpower. And uh, all the people have done remarkable things. I think deep down I've had to have an optimistic view that the future can be better than today. And uh, that's, I, I really like that sentiment. Okay, next. Now I'm an avid traveler, so I'm very curious to know what your answer is going to be to this question. Tell us, what is your favorite vacation destination? 
well, earlier last year, I had a fantastic trip with my father, who was uh, leaving rural general practice for the first time. And we got on a four-wheel drive. We loaded up with a heap of equipment that had nothing to do with survival. It was Windex and car cleaner and all sorts of stuff. It was basically all his personal belongings. Got out in the bush uh, for for a week uh, to this remarkable isolated island called Dirk Hartog Island on the uh, sort of north uh, west of Western Australia. And that was just an awesome, awesome experience. We were ill-prepared, but that took away none of the thrill of being uh, out, out in the wide open spaces. And last, can you tell the audience a fun fact about yourself? A fun fact about myself. Uh, okay, I used to play in a uh, surreal country rock band called the Howling Desperados. And uh, possibly if you Google that name on Spotify, you may even find some of our songs. Those were all great answers. Dr. Winlow, thank you for sharing and for being here with us today. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out our other podcasts, webinars, and videos on the Alta Scientist podcast and webinars channel. Pleasure, really. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to speak with you today. I really enjoyed it.